Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Richie. Richie, what's up? What's up, buddy? How was your week three? Week three was good. Um, What's currently not good is I ate ice cream for dinner, and it's wreaking havoc on my stomach. Ice cream for dinner. You are a fully functional adult. <laughs> I can make my own decisions, damn it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, it happens. So it, it's not helpful, but it was delicious. So there is that. I completely agree. I've been there many times myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to today's uh, pod. Week three was pretty interesting. Some unexpected results in games and some pretty big injuries and Dude, yeah, it was, was uh, it was crazy I, it I wasn't good like... for any of my teams but it was a good good week overall it's, it's weird because i'm noting this in this trend with my fantasy teams either one week my yahoo or not yahoo espn teams will do well and my sleeper teams will do terrible and then they'll swap and then they'll swap again because I have completely different players between the two apps. And uh, I guess that's what happens. You know, I didn't think about this till now. I guess that's what happens with the different ranking systems between apps. Because you oh, show, yeah. you're seeing different players when your picks come up. It just really made the two apps totally different teams for me. See, I went with drafting a lot of similar players in all my leagues, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm 0-3 in, in like three leagues and 1-2 in, in my others, because all of the players I drafted have yet to do anything. Yeah, there you go. I have a, I have a, I have a team that's filled with players that haven't even played, like Jameson Williams. Uh, I have Odell Beckham on, in there. I have just, just a bunch of people to, that are just n- hanging on to OBJ. I just cannot get rid of him because I know if he plays, he's going to be good. I love it. I love it. Well, let's dive in, my friend. All right. So we're starting off with a thing we do every week called the top five. And this week's top five, we are doing top five teams below 500 and their best. Uh, we think who we think has the best odds to search back or at least making a case for different teams under 500 because of the fact that there's 32 teams, there's two of us, that gives 10 if we're not overlapping. So we'll, we'll just talk about 10 teams, I think. I don't know that we have overlap here. So uh, I purposely didn't try and overlap, even though you had some of the ones I wanted to choose. Um, but I, I tried to go with five original ones. Um, so my number five, I'll go ahead and start. I actually went with the Lions. Surprised you did not have them on there. I left um, them for you since I put a different team on mine that <laughs> you weren't going to put on. Which I was absolutely not going to put my, <laughs> that team on there. But I think the Lions, I mean, you look at the games they played, they've all been close games. Um, the offense has been scoring points. They've been productive. The defense, Aiden Hutchinson looking legit. Um yeah, I uh, I mean, they're one and two, but they've lost to the Eagles, which, um, I mean, they're the best team in the NFL, basically. And the uh, Vikings, which that was a very close game. Um, heartbreaker, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I definitely think the Lions playoffs, I don't know, 500, absolutely. I mean, they're, I think they're going to win eight or nine games. Uh, so I 
have it up on the screen on the on the podcast. This is, a, this is a new feature. I like this. I don't know if you can see it. I've had this feature the entire time. I just have not used it. So I oh, figured since I was going to quote this, I might as well put it up on the screen for everybody out there to see it while we're doing it. But raking out the fancy stuff here in the, uh, episode seven. If you ever check out statmuse.com, it's a really cool website. But I was using this when I was looking at these bad teams to kind of see where they're at. If you have not seen the Lions offense ranks, it's kind of ridiculous that they're one and two. They have they're the second highest scoring offense in the NFL. Their pass rushing is third in the NFL. Passing 19th but still middle of the road for the nfl but their rushing is ranked top 10 everything points third and league their offense is crazy good now if their defense could ever get it together with i think is exactly what's dragging them down because their offensive opponents points per game is 31.0 to their 31.7 that's pretty much what's going on here so i I agree with you, and I would definitely have put them on my list if I didn't leave them for you. So, well, I appreciate. And if that you was a, that was an easy one to include, it literally I looked up every team's stat page for this listing, and they have the best rankings on offense of all the under five hundred teams. It's crazy. So well, and I will say for the defense, like I mentioned, Hutchinson's looking good, and I think Okuda is maybe finally developing into what they thought he'd be when they drafted him third overall. He is actually playing better than Oruwariye, who was supposed to be the number one guy last week. He got seven defensive uh, interference penalties in the second quarter, I think, or second half. I mean, it was so annoying. Anyways. Yeah, they got to get their crap together. But a lot, lot of more football for them to play. So let's see. Um, who you got at number five? All right, so I have the Jets, actually, at number five. And this is – it's – it's it was surprising to me to see this, right? The New York Jets passing offense is third in the NFL. Did you realize with Joe surprising. Flacco that uh, – that uh, they had the bet, third best passing yards in the NFL. That's crazy to me. I mean, he did have that monster game in week two. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect it, though, especially not with Joe Flacco. Oh, no, no, for sure. Brew Crew Bomber says, Jamal Williams has been great for my fantasy football teams. Isn't that crazy? They have DeAndre Swift who's going off in fantasy football and Jamal Williams. So I'm with you, man. Yeah, heck yeah. Um. For the Jets, middle of the road defense, but trending in a good direction. I don't know if you've seen their. Uh, that was just based off their last couple games. They look pretty good, and surprisingly, so the last thing I said is surprisingly, it might not be a terrible year for them. I don't see them being the worst team. Let's just say that. No, I think. I mean, it all depends on how Zach Wilson plays when he comes back, and and he'll be back this week. And um, I mean, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. I think you're right with the defense. There's there's still some improvements to be made but uh i mean if zach wilson can utilize those weapons and and do what joe flacco has been doing or maybe even better um yeah they're definitely going to be a much better team than than the jets have been in the past couple seasons and that was a question i had if zach wilson comes in and he doesn't and he doesn't like average the same type of passing that flacco does would they ever <laughs> yeah. think to put him back in that's the funny part but I bet they yeah. would rather him grow and be bad than 
play to win with Flacco. That's my guess. But yeah, I agree. I think so too. Um, All right, who's your four? So my number four, I went with the New England Patriots. Uh, now Mac Jones is hurt. Uh, he might be missing a couple weeks, at least this week, probably more. There's one reason I put this team on here, and that's Bill Belichick. I, I am actually looking it up right now because I, I should have looked this up earlier. Uh, Bill Belichick, as a head coach for the Patriots, has finished under 500 twice. Twice? Uh, since 2000. That's so nice. I just, that's just going based on, you know, playing the odds. The odds are Bill Belichick will find a way to get them to 500. I don't know how, if, if Mac Jones is going to miss an extended time, but he just does it. I mean, they've got Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. They've got good running backs. Uh, he just always finds a way to, to get to 500. So I, I don't think they're, they're going to be that good with Brian Hoyer at quarterback if he has to play an extended period of time. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, if you look at just the stats, right, they're – 12th and 13 in pass and rush offense, but 25th for points. So if they can actually turn those yards into points, they might actually start doing better than they have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's opportunity there. I, I, again, I don't think, especially in that division with the dolphins and bills looking, looking so good. And I mean, we'll talk about the dolphins later, but uh, I, uh, I just can't count against bill Belichick with that kind of history. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. All right, I'm ready for you to refute all these points for me. But uh, I, my fourth is Washington Commanders, the little the team on your shirt there. Um, did for all those Carson Wentz haters out there, they have the sixth best passing game in the NFL. The problem is their run game is 28th. So if they're if Antonio Gibson can at least start getting some yards and some points to take the pressure off of Wentz, who's already doing well without that pressure or with that pressure, I think their offense will be even better. The problem here is what I wrote here. The defense is currently their downfall, which is ridiculous considering how talented their roster is that they haven't shown. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll get more into the commanders later when we recap the Eagles game, but I, I, I agree. I mean, the offense, the first two weeks, well, the first game and the second half of week two um, looked great. The first half against the Lions and all of the game against the Eagles, they didn't. Right. So it's really, I mean, that's literally half and half. One and a half games good, one and a half games bad. So I have no idea which is the real offense of the commanders. <laughs> My gut tells me it's the bad one. But, I mean, we'll see against the Cowboys and going forward. And as far as the defense goes, I it's it's Jack Del Rio. I mean, you have this much talent on the team. Maybe they're not all as talented as we thought they were coming out of college, but some of them definitely are. And for there to be constant miscommunication in the secondary, meaning the, the players don't know the playbook, that's on the coach. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, yeah, it's, it's just bad, but we'll, we'll get into that later. I, again, I, you're right. I mean, you look at our offensive numbers and yeah, Wentz has played well and, and, you know, yeah, he's got a couple interceptions. He also has, I think seven or eight touchdowns, which is, I mean, pretty good for a commander's quarterback. Um, the nine sacks against the Eagles worries me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm hope I mean, I'm still hopeful 
I'd be more hopeful if, if we had fired Jack Del Rio after last week, but we didn't. So <laughs> here we are. Yeah, you guys. Oh, and you know, sorry, one more thing. You mentioned Gibson. Brian Robinson's going to be back pretty soon, and he's he's the running back that we're all more excited to see. So um, hopefully he comes back by, by week six or seven and, and can really right the ship of our run game. Well, here's a here's a uh, a nice stat for you that should make you feel better. They're thirty first in sacks allowed, right? But they're first in sack yardage, so they're not giving up as many yards per sack, even though they're giving up a lot. So yeah, but the <laughs> loss are down, and yeah, I mean, there's that's that's looking for the silver lining as hard as possible. <laughs> that, that's not even a silver lining. I just thought that was funny that they're almost almost first in giving up sacks and first in the yardage they give up per sack. Perfect. Oh, I, uh, that is a weird <laughs> stat. <laughs> um, all right, so my number three, I went with the Titans. Um, again, this is more based off of, I look at the talent on that roster, Derrick Henry. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill's not, not terrible. They've got Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. Um and and again to Mike Vrabel, Vrabel's had a lot of success since taking over in Tennessee. They're one and two. The the Jaguars look a lot improved in that division, but they still have the Texans and the Colts in there. And I just I I believe the Titans will will find a way to to you know again get to five hundred, maybe even sneak into the playoffs into the AFC, which the AFC is very top heavy. But then you look at like teams six and seven. I mean, we all thought like the Broncos and Raiders would, you know, be in the playoffs or fighting for the wild card. They look terrible. So, yeah, I, uh, um, I think the Titans are. You're pulling up their stats. I, I think they've, they did, they improved a lot last week. I mean, they looked terrible, but they did play the Bills in week two. Um, but they looked a lot better against the Raiders. Now they get the Colts this week. Again, another chance for them to, to kind of get right. You want to hear something funny? A little preview to the week four preview we're gonna do. The Colts are favored in that game. Yeah, that's so weird. They're one and they're also one. I mean, they did just beat the Chiefs, though. That's pretty impressive. Barely, man. They barely beat the Chiefs. I know. But I mean, I guess I guess the Titans' win was a barely a win against an 0 three team. So yeah, they at least the Colts beat a good team. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, If you look at their stats, they're 24th in passing yards game and 20th in rushing. So their biggest problem right now is they're not doing anything right or well. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, the game against Buffalo, they scored seven points. I mean, they looked completely lost in that Ten game. And gave so. up 41. Yeah, so. but I don't know. I, I I feel that they'll they'll find a way to to get right well, as long as Derrick you, Henry stays healthy. You play your division twice, right? So you got two games yeah. against the Colts and two games against the Texans. So exactly, that's already looking good for you. So. All right, my three was the New Orleans Saints. Uh, This week will tell a lot about the team. They're home against the Vikings. The Vikings are good. If you look at what the... They're home, but the game is in London. Yeah, they're the home team. They're the home team. In London. (laughs) So they beat Atlanta in a close game. They lost to Tampa Bay 20-10. And then they lost 22 to Carolina so they've they've been in close games and their stats are really well good. The rushing games in the top fifteen, passing in the top ten, and their defense is really really good. So 
I don't know why they're one and two or why they haven't shown up in those for more. Do you points have in the stats games, up? But... How many turnovers do they have? Because I know Jamius has thrown a couple interceptions the last couple weeks. Um, and also, I, I their their problem right now is the injuries. I mean, Kamara I think missed week two. Um, he's banged up. Michael Thomas is going to miss this week. Um, I'm trying to find that. Yeah, Jamius has five interceptions already in in three games. So. Somehow, That's in rough. all these stats they put in here, they don't have turnovers. So, J- Jameis Winston has five interceptions. As far as fumbles go, they're not really listed on here. No, they're not. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think every time I look at the, the Saints box score, it always just seems like there's a couple turnovers. So that was kind of my, my thought was why they're losing close games is because I know in Tampa Bay, he the threw Tampa Bay, six. he threw the picks at the, yeah. like after being almost tied the entire game, those picks at the end of the game completely sealed it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my, uh, my thought there, but I mean, again, just a talented roster though. I mean, you're talking about Kamara, Thomas, Chris Olave looks awesome. Um, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of talent there for them to, for them to be one and two. It all comes down to, to Winston and protecting the ball. Yep, for sure. All right. My number two, and it's funny cause I'm going to contradict myself later when we discuss the Rams game. Uh, I went with the Arizona Cardinals. They are one and two. I do think this team is better than they've been playing. I've seen them in person twice. They've upset me twice, <laughs> but I, there's, there's a lot of talent. We've seen Kyler play better. We've seen James Conner play better. We've seen the defense play better. I mean, they lost Chandler Jones, but that's, that's one guy. They still have the people on that defense that, that should be playing better than they are right now. Yeah. Marcus Golden I, should be filling that spot. Right. So I, I'll go into it more later when we cover the game, but I, I do believe the Cardinals will find a way to, to turn things around. Um, I mean, the division, that Rams game was a lot closer than I expected. The, the, the 49ers didn't look as impressive as I thought with with um, Garoppolo on, on Monday night or Sunday night, and then the Seahawks are just terrible. So I, I still think that division is winnable. There's still wild card spots up to grabs. I still believe the Cardinals can make it. Um, they just, they've got to do something. This Sunday is going to be a very important game for them. What they need is more consistency at running back. They get what Eno Benjamin has almost as many yards as James Conner, which for the amount of money you're paying between those two players, you should be getting more. I know Connor's banged up, but even still, yeah. So no, I I agree. They need they need more out of Connor. They need more out of Kyler. I mean, they just they just need more out of everybody. Everybody's playing Honestly, like. 75 percent this is exactly what they need to do to win every time kyler has run the ball or scrambled or made plays with his feet they've been catching back up and keeping games interesting and scoring but for whatever reason the first half of every single game this year he's stood in the pocket and done nothing the entire first half and then when they're down by 20 suddenly He's moving around, making plays with his feet, and then they're trying to come back when it's too late. If you just do well, that I from the beginning of, of the game, there's no issue here. The last couple seasons, he's played, you know, running around, scrambling, played that way to start the year, gets hurt, 
you know, then he has to stop doing that, and that's when they fall apart in the second half. So maybe they were just trying to say, all right, let's protect Kyler. I mean, they just, just oh. pay him way too much money, so they want to protect him. And can, that's just unfortunately not the way he plays. So You can either be a bad quarterback for the entire year or go back to what you know it works and maybe still be good on the second half. Because if you're just bad the entire year, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. So good thing, good thing they locked him up for five years. Exactly. Now it's looking way worse than I believed in it before. What I've yeah, seen I the beginning, what I've seen <laughs> at the beginning of this year, I do not. So for no one, for people that didn't listen to our first podcast, we got in a pretty heated argument about that contract. And uh, I mean, it's still early. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say told you so, but uh, well, seems, not looking good. It seems the national media has joined your cause because they have all been lighting him up this week. So, well, he's got a lot to prove on Sunday. A lot of people saying maybe he should have been studying. Well, that's a gimme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, obvious. <laughs> Maybe that should have stayed in his contract. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers are my number uh, two team. Yeah, I wanted to put this one on my list, and you just you already filled yours out, so I had to go elsewhere. <laughs> so sixth in passing yards a game, seventh in passing attempts in the NFL. Big problem here because they have a Zeke, or they have a Austin Eckler, and that guy is their rushing is thirty second in the NFL. So. If they can get Eckler to start moving the ball and uh, spread, you make it so they can spread the field, then I think that offense is going to be fine. Because the defensive ranks are really good. They have a good defense, but they're giving up too many points, probably because they're on the field a long time. So, Well, I th- and I mean, talk about a team that has is missing a lot of its stars. Keenan Allen's missed multiple games. Justin Herbert got speared in week two. Um, I think Joey Bosa is on IR right now. I mean, they, they're just like, that is a, a too good of a team to be one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's here we, it's here we are. And I definitely think, yeah, Eckler, the running game is, is it hurts me because again, I love Eckler. I took him in one of my fantasy leagues and, and yeah, it's just breaking my heart, but he has been catching the ball. So that's good. But hopefully, you know, Keenan Allen can get healthy the defense can can kind of right the ship and and now they played the Jaguars last week. I know they beat the Raiders. Who's the other team they lost to? I'm blanking on it. Chiefs first game, right? Oh, that was week 2. That was week 2. Okay. So you lost to the Chiefs and the Jaguars. The Chiefs obviously. The Jaguars look so much better than anybody expected. I mean, I think the Chargers are also just in a tough spot of the schedule. Um but yeah, I, I wanted to include them. I, I have a lot of faith in the Chargers. Love Justin Herbert. Love Keenan Allen. And and yeah, I think they're they're still going to compete for that division. I think. Yeah, and think if, if Herbert's uh, sixth in the league with nine hundred ten passing yards without Keenan Allen, that's pretty right. damn good. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's your number one? My number one, and this is a cheat because when you texted me about this, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, this was my number one team, and they're already not one and two. Uh, <laughs> I went with the Bengals. I mean, they they were one and two. They, they're way too good to be one and two. They were starting out slowly in games, finishing strong. They got the win in week three. And then, of course, they got the win last night, which, uh, I mean, again, we'll get that later. 
But uh, yeah, they're already two and two. I still think this team's gonna be just fine. And it's funny, Joe Burrow even said that. I think after week two, when they were zero and two, he's like, "Calm down, we're fine." Kind of that whole Aaron Rodgers thing that he did a couple years ago. Um, and and now they've won two straight. And yeah, I full faith in the Bengals to be back in the playoffs. Super Bowl, I don't know, but definitely back in the playoffs. So you think they'll buck the zero and two trend? Huh? Absolutely. Oh yeah, I think they're gonna be <laughs> one of those few that. Uh, I mean, there's always, you know, it's like, what is it, 90-something percent don't make the playoffs? So there's that 10% that does, and they will be in that 10%. All righty. Well, my number one is the 49ers. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things here. I got their top five in almost every category for their defense. Uh, they have a top five run game, yet somehow they're 28th in scoring offense. So if Jimmy G can figure things out... After having no preseason whatsoever, the team will be good. That's my that's my assessment here because Jimmy Garoppolo was not even given a playbook in the preseason because they just did not know what they were going to do with him. And then right before week one, they're like, we're going to keep you as the backup. And here he is probably starting the entire year. So, Oh, absolutely starting the entire year. Unless so, he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he he's... If he can, he's in his preseason last week, this week, whatever. Hopefully it doesn't take him too long to figure things out. He's been on that team, obviously, and starter. So I think the 49ers are going to be good. See, that was my concern after the game Sunday um, against the Broncos. He's been on the team. He should know the playbook. He knows Debo. He knows Brandon Ayuk. Like, he knows George Kittle. I was really underwhelmed with how that offense played um, against the Broncos. So I, I, I don't know. This, this is the only one where I'm a little concerned. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo at this point is better than Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a better athlete, but as a passer, you know, he's not quite where Jimmy is yet. So it is a little bit of an upgrade for the passing game. Um, but for the running game, um, they lost, you know, Elijah Mitchell's out for a couple more weeks. Jeff Wilson, you know, can he really be the, the lead back for them? I don't know. This this one worries me a little bit. Definitely somebody to watch. Well, the someone watch. Someone have to give the Broncos their first win. Oh, Broncos are two and one. Oh, was that their second one, dude? I, they've, second been, one. they've been so bad. I just thought they oh. were zero and two. I yeah, I have a thought on this later too. Trust me. There's right. there's a lot to my the recap to to dive into. So let's uh. <laughs> let's go um all right so we're gonna start saints panthers um the panthers got a win i was very i i want to preface this by saying that i went to the cardinals game on sunday so i didn't get to watch any football all sunday um so this is based off recaps and box scores and everything but from what i saw again the saints look kind of looked like they gave this one away james had two interceptions Baker was under 50% completion percentage and they managed to win this game. It was just, you know, I, I don't good for the Panthers. They snap a nine game losing streak, but this to me isn't uh, you know, I'm still underwhelmed by how Baker's looked in Carolina um, and just a, a crime for the saints because Chris Olave, man, nine catches, 147 yards, especially with Michael Thomas out this week. Uh, Olave's definitely looking like a, a breakout star worthy of a first round pick. Yeah, they're just they're happy there because Michael Thomas 
all comes back and looks like he's all the way back and then is banged up immediately. So it's a good thing yeah. they have him because if, if they didn't, Jarvis Landry would be that guy. And I just don't think he's that guy anymore. Yeah, so. I, I agree. And I know Camaro was, was banged up a little bit last week. He's, he was still banged up going into this week. I think he said he's going to play, but he's questionable something like that. So, I mean, they're the saints are dealing with a lot of injuries. It's bad luck. Um, so I don't I don't fault them necessarily, but the uh, the Panthers again they're they're one and two, and even in this win you know you don't sit back like and oh man look Baker getting things right like it just I think their leading receiver was Lavisca Chenault and it was only because he broke a, like a sixty seven yard touchdown yeah it's just that's you get a fluke play like that and it's it's you know they the Panthers got lucky that's why you know again against the Cardinals on Sunday man this is a game the Cardinals against the Panthers should absolutely win by seven. So if they don't, that's going to tell you a lot about where the Cardinals are at at, at this point in the season. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Texans, Bears, uh, the, the Bears get the win. They do so because Davis Mills threw two interceptions. I think they were both red zone interceptions, too. At least one of them was, um, which is just heartbreaking for the Texans. Damian Pierce got his first touchdown, 80 yards and a touchdown. He's he's looking like the uh, the lead back that we all thought he was going to be in the preseason. Gets in the end zone. I definitely think he's going to have a pretty good season. I, I didn't get him in any of my fantasy leagues because he started going way too early by the time I did any of my drafts. And That's for the funny Bears, because he was late in almost all of mine, and everyone was surprised I was taking him. I'm like, this dude's a starter on a team that yeah. has no offense and he actually looks good. Yeah, when I when I started taking him like in mock drafts, he was like round nine or ten. But by the time I did a lot of my drafts, he was in round like five. And that was that was a little too early for me. Well um, but yeah. but he's looking good. He's looking good. Um for the Bears and and we talked about the Broncos being two and one. The Bears being two and one is mind-boggling. Justin Fields has not completed 10 passes in one game. He's got like com- completions of like 8 and 7. It's 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 like they're playing football in the 1950s. And yet I, they're I, 2 and 1. I yeah, <laughs> yes. The 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 record confuses the crap out of me yeah. because if they were 1 and 2, they definitely would not even have been on my come surging back list. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you look at the rushing offense, especially on Sunday against the Texans, Khalil Herbert. Now, David, what Montgomery happened to David Montgomery? Like, oh, did he get hurt? Was like, oh, yeah, he got hurt on, I think, the first or second drive. And then Khalil Herbert came in and just ran all over the Texans 157 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I will say the Bears defense, I, I don't have any of their stats, but they've, uh, they've been a lot better than, than I expected. They, I mean, you talk about a defense that has, one star on it, Roquan Smith. I I can't name a second player on that defense. I mean, maybe Jacoby Brisker, the rookie, but like they've been playing a lot better than people thought. It's just the offense. Like Cole Komet has like one catch. Darnell Mooney has three catches. I drafted Darnell Mooney in multiple leagues because he's the number one in date and him and Fields looked good in the preseason. And the dude seriously has three catches in three games, like just killing me. But again, they're two and one. Like I, I mean, for my dad, he doesn't care. They're two and one. He's happy. I, I'm happy. They're two and one. That's great. But as a fantasy player, it is killing me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's 
the most telling thing, Darnell Mooney, four catches for 11 yards on the season. 11 yards? Yes, four catches. Okay, on so he's four one catches? That's crazy. Yes. And that's that's the thing that's killing me. I mean, and I, it, it's it's literally like watching football in the 50s. They, I think Fields drops back to three. And his completion percentage isn't bad because they're only dropping him back like 14 times a game. It's it's the weirdest offense I think I've ever seen, and it's working. I was I wanted to think Fields was doing terrible, and his his completion percentage isn't great. It's fifty percent, but he's two to four touchdown to interceptions, which isn't as bad as I would think when when you know Darnell Mooney has four catches. So. That's right. And they, yeah, and that's that's just the weirdest thing that they've got their their best player, they're not getting him involved. They're running and against the Texans, what is what is the Bears rushing offense in the league? You you're the stat guy. I'm just curious uh, to see where they rank. Their offense, rushing offense is ranked second in yards. And Crazy. yards per game, they're ranked second second as well with 187. Yeah. I mean, that's and it's working. That's the the mind-boggling thing is, is that it, they're two and one, and it's working. And I can't explain it in in 2022 when you have teams rushing for 30 yards a game, and their leading rushers are the quarterbacks. I mean, the Bears are literally playing old school football. When the defensive lines are built like brick walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe that's it. Everybody went. Uh, went to like the three, four and started playing nickel defense to stop the pass. So the bears said, you know what, let's just run and ram it down the throats. But, no. uh, but yeah, that was, uh, so uh, the dart, the David Montgomery thing that hurts me because again, I drafted him in, in at least one league. I think I took him at two. Um, but Khalil Herbert showed that, that he can carry the load for him. Uh, all right, Chiefs Colts. I, I this one. I, I wish I could have been able to watch this game uh, because maybe it would explain what happened. But the Colts upsetting the Chiefs just blows my mind. The, especially the way the Colts looked the first uh, couple weeks of the season. And now the Chiefs didn't look dominant in the first two games, but they're still the Chiefs. So you kind of expected, oh, they'll roll the Colts. But no, the Colts get the win. Um, CEH seven carries for zero yards. That's a stat. Um, Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs in rushing with 26 yards. Very, very weird. Um, I, I I did note that Juju Smith-Schuster uh, was tied for tied with Travis Kelsey for the lead with eight targets for them. Uh, MVS was second with seven. I just like that stat because I had a lot of faith in Juju this season and drafted him in a bunch of leagues. So good to see him getting the targets. But I, I don't know why they lost. I, I can't explain it. Uh, the Colts just played better than they had in two games. Matt Ryan led them on the game-winning drive. Old Matty Ice came out of retirement for one more game. Uh, he was we were ripping him the first two weeks. So oh yeah, well he looked terrible. I, I said mean, he looked terrible. That's what I'm saying. Like for him to do this in week three, that's just crazy to me because yeah. I was saying he should have retired. <laughs> but. You know, here it's, we are. It's the whole any given Sunday mentality, man. I mean, he he looks like his old self. Michael Pittman, eight for seventy-two. Uh, yeah, I, I just I I don't know if the Colts defense. I, I mean, from the stats, it has to be the Colts defense was just shutting down the Chiefs. But I can't explain this one. I didn't I didn't get to watch it. 
it's it blows my mind it's tough to understand but you know hey any any week anything can happen that's that's all you all you can say really there's a crazy stat from this that i remember seeing on sunday where is this dude jelani woods all right Ooh. at some point yes in the first half of that game he caught a one yard touchdown which made him have two yards on the season two catches and two touchdowns at that point so two Did, and i think he caught a second touchdown in that game too uh he had a second reception, yeah, for a touchdown. But that one was a – how many yards was that one? Looks like it was 11 yards. Yep. So he broke the streak. But for his first two catches, his entire stat line touchdowns. was two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. So. That's sufficient. Bad 1,000. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, Bills-Dolphins. Uh, this game, I, I – thought the Dolphins could pull off the upset and they did all this tells me that the Bills are a, you know not a superhuman team they're not going to go 17 and 0 obviously um you know they'll <laughs> probably lose one or two here and there I still think they're the best team in the AFC especially with Tua's injury um but uh yeah the Bills um I this stat I liked Isaiah McKenzie seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown I don't know if you remember this but last year Isaiah McKenzie was Gabe Davis like he? Everyone's like, "Oh, Isaiah McKenzie's gonna break out for the Bills this year," and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so good to see him a year late have a good game with Gabe Davis's injury. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie may get some more more love, so something to watch. But again, just like the Chiefs, Bills couldn't run. Josh Allen led the team with 47 yards. They, I mean, they're they're, I don't know, they just couldn't get it going on the ground. Dolphins played well. Got to talk about the butt punt. I was about to say. The most yeah. important part. Yes. Their punter Absolutely punting it into fantastic. Trent Sherfield. Yes, right in the butt. Who tops up? Goes who was the original? Back, back the end zone. Who was the original? Mark Sanchez. That's what player. I thought. My yep. Mark Sanchez. I, it was him. He was the tweet I saw that said, "Stop invading my territory." Yes, love it. I love when he. <laughs> you know, and then uh, we'll talk about Orlovsky later. But I love that they can laugh about this stuff. But yeah, what a ridiculous play. Dolphins also couldn't run the ball. I, I guess just a theme. But the Chicago is the only team that can run. I guess everybody else just gives up. Um, but this stat, Mostert, uh, Raheem Mostert, out carried Chase Edmonds eight to six. I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Not a lot of carries either way. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah total Edmonds of forty-one yards rushing in the game. That's yeah. Not, I guess when you're when you're that efficient of a passing team, I guess that doesn't matter too much but the problem is now going forward can those guys get yards because well and you know you look at this game i think for me the thing that stood out was the defenses were a lot more impressive i thought this was gonna be a shootout like i I thought this was gonna be like a you know the the baltimore jets game from a couple weeks ago it was like 38 35 or baltimore miami sorry i thought that was what happened but this was both defenses kind of stepping up a little more impressive um I'm sure you saw the the gif of the Bills offensive coordinator destroying his coaching booth yes, in the game. Yes. Yes. Um so yeah, Dolphins defense very impressive. Uh, There's one know, other are. thing from this game that you'd be remiss not to talk about and that is the thing I texted you right after it happened with Tua. Oh, yes. First cor- first half, 
gets slammed down. His head whips into the ground. He's holding his on to his head. He gets up, starts walking, walks about 10 yards, and then stu- his, it's like his knees buckled and it gave out of him, went down to his knees. It was all the telltale. Any person watching their television could say, or has ever played in like a contact sport can be like, that guy's bell is rung. Like there's, there's no reason for you to fall over like that unless your equilibrium is off. And his completely was. And for them to say after the game that it was a back injury makes no sense because at no point did he even touch or go near his back. I'm pretty sure he had a concussion. I'm just saying. And for him to come back in the second half of that game itself is crazy to me. Yeah. The thing that that really... There's there's two ways that to kind of look at it. One, me looking at it, that dude clearly was concussed. I mean, he just, the, the way he was acting, what happened, clearly looked like he had a concussion. But the Dolphins, they did have an independent doctor review him, and, and he wasn't showing symptoms. So per the NFL's rule books, it's okay, well, he doesn't have a concussion. The problem is concussion symptoms can show up later like it's not always immediate like this it's it's that was should have passed the eyeball test like that should have been one where the nfl the referee said you know what no that was like you can't collapse and fall to your knees on the field and then be fine 10 minutes later to start taking hits again there could never be a more obvious situation where it's like at least take this game off someone's eye you, you'll follow the light. Oh, you're fine. No, he's not. Like, I'm, I don't care what the, you know, the doctors say. He's not fine. He wasn't fine then. He's got to come out. That's just, yeah, it, it's just mind-boggling. And then for him to be cleared to play four days later and then get hit again last night, and we'll talk about this when we cover last night's game, but, I mean, just what just a, a ridiculous clown show the Dolphins look like right now, which is which really sucks because on the field – They've been playing well, and they look very impressive. But this whole thing with Tua is like, what is that front office doing? And then you throw in the Brian Flores tanking stuff, and yeah, I mean, just what a mess. You ever, you ever, you remember Emmanuel Acho? I know Sam Acho was a Cardinal, but Emmanuel Acho, I believe his brother, after the NFL, I really respect that guy. I've seen a lot of his, like, public speaking and a lot of the – just all the content he makes. I, I love listening to Manuel Acho. Well, he did a TikTok after the game talking about his own experience with concussions and the protocols that are in place to keep you to figure out if you're concussed. And he's like, there is no way in hell that he was not. And whether he was or wasn't, they wanted him in the game. They had to have because there's oh, no reason absolutely. he should have been in that game. And he was absolutely. pissed. Manuel Acho was pissed. Like, I, I, I want to go find been. his TikTok after last night and see what he's saying because, yeah, I don't know, man. No. It's crazy. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. But, yeah, we'll we'll talk about last night a bit more later. Um, So we'll dive in. Eagles, Commanders, Jalen Hurts. I mean, everyone's talking about he's the, the MVP leader right now. Yeah, he is. Um, I think him and Lamar Easy. Jackson are pretty close. But I think Hurts is, is definitely the the – favorite right now 22 for 35 340 yards three touchdowns Devonte smith eight for 169 and a touchdown 
And and why does Devontae Smith sound familiar, Dan? Is it, did we talk about him last week? Hey, that was the guy I said. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to pick a random player that will probably do well this week, it's probably going to be Devonta Smith. Heck yeah. And he went you, off about the I want to give you a shout out for that because that's pretty <laughs> impressive. That dude had a monster game against our woefully unprepared defense. And what, yeah, did, the Eagles, what did A.J. Brown do in that game? Because I remember I was thinking that they were going to do their was, best. I think it was like 70 yards and a touchdown. He, was, he did pretty well, too. I, um, say, I go, thought that they were going to like do everything they could to stop him because he was the one guy they always guard or they always throw to on that Eagles team. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Our defense couldn't, couldn't stop him anyways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Eagles 3-0, only undefeated team left. They, I mean, clearly the best team in the NFC. Um yeah, just good for them. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I don't think anybody expected him to to develop uh, to this level being a second-round pick, but, you know, good for them. Um, as a Commanders fan, I hate it, but whatever. Um, speaking of the Commanders, Ron Rivera is officially on the hot seat. I, I love the guy. I love him as a human being, as a leader. But the problem is he is in year three of a rebuild, and he is losing the, uh, like, the ability to make excuses of all oh, the players are young or they're learning the playbook and blah 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 it's like no dude this is year three like you're you're he got a lot of heat because um we had injuries in the secondary he went out and picked up like an undrafted free agent to start um like a guy that literally was like no starting experience throws him in as our third corner everyone's and, and his excuse was well you know we've got young players and we want to see what they're made of yeah, but this is year three. You should be trying to win games at this point. You should be picking up experienced veterans to try and win games. Yeah, um, that dude is not going to real... just suddenly be on your roster as a, a a part of your team going forward. Be when thirty one other teams were like, mm, nope, not good enough. I mean, it works in Madden when I find you know the uh, hidden development players as free agents, but it's not in real life, buddy. Um, Unfortunately, you can't in real life look at someone's stats on their chest. To figure out if they have hidden developments. I wish you could. It would make life so much easier. Yes, exactly. Um, Nine sacks of Carson Wentz. Uh, I think part of that is the Eagles really hated the guy. And on it, like, they were just motivated to get to him. And uh, our offensive line, we did have some some injuries. We lost our starting center in week two. So we were starting a new center week three. That messed up a lot of the protection calls. Just sucked. I mean, it it was just painful to watch. Terry McLaurin over 100 yards. Even, so, you know, our offense has been playing well, as you said earlier, but McLaurin really hadn't had a, a huge game. He had a pretty good game week three, so glad to see him, you know, get more involved, get a better rep- repertoire with Carson Wentz. But the big problem is our defense. Our defense has way too much talent, um, or at least players that should be talented, to be playing this poorly, and that all goes back to Jack Del Rio. I said it last week, the guy needs to be fired. I have no idea why he's still employed, because our defense has been this bad. The past two years... And I, I, at what point does Ron Rivera hold somebody accountable? At what point does he say, you know what? The defense is bad. I wonder what the problem is. Oh, hmm. I bet it's the coach. Like, Jonathan Allen is fantastic. Um, you know, Chase Young's hurt. He'll be back hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, Kendall Fuller, Cameron Curl, um, Cole Holcomb, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne. Like, there is, there is a lot of talent. And that's, I mean... Jamin Davis is even that starting. Derek Forrest guy is really good too. Derek Forrest, yeah. 
So it's like there's there's a lot of talent, but every play, and I noticed this when I watched the Lions game. I didn't get to watch this game, but I watched the Lions game, and there were too many instances in the secondary of defenders not knowing who they're supposed to cover. So you just get a bunch of people running around wide open. That's on coaching. That's not being prepared. Like that's, I just, I was, I was hoping, and I said this last week, that the Eagles would wax us and mm-hmm. Jack Del Rio would get fired. Instead, 24 to eight, like that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So of course, no changes, yeah. but it's still a loss. And Nine yeah. sacks. Well, that's, that's on the, the offense. Thing that just, that's right. Yeah, that's on the offensive line. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. We get the we get the Cowboys and Cooper Rush this week. I Cooper Rush I don't know. I, I would think we could win this game, but knowing our defense, Cooper Rush is gonna throw for five hundred yards. We'll see. But yeah. Uh all right, Lions Vikings. I didn't again, I didn't get to watch this, so I figured you could go into depth of what you saw out of the Lions and Vikings. So before I move on to just one more observation from the Eagles game. Terry McLaurin finally got involved in the game. And you know what that caused? Johan Dotson not really doing anything. So Right, yeah. Well, and that's and again, the offense was very poor this week, so there wasn't enough to go around to everybody. Mm-hmm. In week, you know, if if McLaurin's gonna be the focal point, then yeah, it, you know, Curtis Samuel's gonna get his because he's like the gadget player. Dotson may get three or four catches, but this is not an offense that's going to support three receivers. Um and, and everyone, you know, this isn't the Cardinals a couple of years ago. We had three 1,000-yard receivers. Like, that's that's not going to happen. My hope is that Dodson can still be that red zone weapon to catch touchdowns because that guy has amazing hands, great catches. Um, so hopefully he'll still be involved there. But, yeah, Terry's got to be the downfield big play threat. Yeah, I agree, especially since I have him and not Johan. So <laughs> um, once again – Dan Campbell, with the best of intentions, still manages to not know how to finish a game ever. Um, first off, he's calling timeouts during the Vikings' final drive, giving them more time for their final drive, but not leaving himself enough time Mark. after... <laughs> this game... Okay, I'm skipping right to the end. The Lions were up 24 to 20 or no 24 to 21 they had the ball let me see where how much time did they have left when they got the ball they had four minutes and 20 seconds left in the game and they were up 24 21 they continually hiked the ball with 14 seconds left on the clock while the clock's running in a game you're trying to win and they did it six times that's, that's the a minute. Ga- that's the game like i was so mad so you what you're doing is not taking up all the time you can to try to win the game and then when the defense is on the field that's when you decide to start playing clock management and taking timeouts during their offensive possession and then you left yourself with what was it uh, 36 seconds to try to uh, to win the game. It, oh, it was just maddening. Especially the way they played that entire game ahead and played well. I it, They should have won that game. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that game was theirs to win. And the only reason they lost was because of 
the clock management at the end of the game. Just absolute frustration because the team now, is good. The team is, yeah. this is a, if nothing else, honestly, they could be three and O. Instead, they're one and two, and they keep losing from stupid coaching decisions. I don't hate Dan Campbell, but I hate the way he coaches second halves of football games. Kicking onsides with nine minutes left when you're ahead. Just stupid decisions. I, it drives me nuts. Now, do you think the, the snap and the ball thing, do you think that was Goff as the one actually in control of the snap? Or do you think Campbell wasn't properly telling him to wait? If it was, you would think the coach would start yelling at him. Fair. Right? What are you doing? There's four minutes left in this game. We're only up by three, and we're not moving the ball. Take as much time as you can off the clock, and even if you have to give the ball back, at least they have less time. Like, they they, they scored that touchdown with 30 seconds left, under a minute. So, I mean, as far as time goes, did you leave them enough time to score if you took all the time off the clock? I don't know. Oh, just... well, I mean, yeah, because you're talking about 14 seconds. Even if you wait till it's down to four seconds, 10 seconds of play, you could have bled off an additional minute. And there goes that, you know, that 30 seconds that took them to score. So, yeah, that that's a that's a painful way to lose, man, especially with the Eagles game being as close as it was week one for that game. Like you said, they could be two and one, three and oh, they are a much better team than their record, which is, again, why I had them on my list earlier as a one and two teams, I think are definitely going to be better than their record shows. I, I, I'm really impressed with their offense. Um, it sucks that Amon Ross St. Brown and Deandre Swift are both hurt though, but mm -hmm. I, I still think Jamal Williams is a good well, running back. I think he'll fill in. I think Craig Reynolds getting a little, getting a little, uh, Craig Reynolds carries in there. I liked him last season. I think he's gonna, he's gonna fill in nicely as the number two. Yeah, um, he'll be good. Jamal Williams actually, Carried most of the game. 20 carries, two touchdowns, 87 yards. The guy was going off. Even with Swift playing most of the game, but not a lot of the snaps because of that injury. So having a guy like Jamal Williams is just, it keeps that offense going. If we had to play Craig Williams as a starter with Swift hurt, I like Craig Williams, but he's not Jamal Williams because I said Craig Williams. Craig Reynolds, I like Craig Williams. He's not Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are right on even par for the most yeah. part. So, um, not a lot, whole lot to say besides TJ Hawkinson really needs to start doing something with his life. Yeah. Um, that's my dynasty tight end. And that dude, man, what a whiff of a pick that's been. He had a touchdown last week, but he still only had three catches for 15 yards. Like the, He's not involved in the passing game. So we'll see what happens now that Amon Ra is officially ruled out for this week. Hopefully Hawkinson starts getting some some looks here. But, yeah, yeah they, couldn't get to, they couldn't get to Cousins somehow. Only a pasta man, Anzalone, had a sack last week. So I don't know. Nice. We'll see what happens. Well, I, I they played in the Seahawks this week, and and my God, if they can't beat Seattle, that'll that'll be infuriating. Oh, um, okay. Biggest thing, other thing. Sorry, yeah. my team got to talk about it. They wasted all that time on that drive, and instead of he went for it on fourth down. What were I wish I could look up those stats right now? Where is it? 
Fourth down efficiency. He went for it six times in that game. Six times. He got it four out of the six. That's the thing about Dan Campbell, right? You can get, but you can bet if it's close on fourth down, he's just going to go for it. I'm okay with that most of the time. If you're going to be that guy, always be that guy. At the end of the game, on the drive with the four minutes left, that they were running the pushing the ball down the field, it got to be, where is it? It was fourth down and four. Right? And he decided to kick a 54-yard field goal with Austin Siebert, who's long is 48. What was the score then? The score right was 24-21. They were up okay. three. So he was never going to make it. If He's already missed earlier in the game. Wide right. Same deal. Like, he should have just gone for it again. You did yeah, it the entire like the, game. The thought process there of you're up three, so you can pin them deep and trust your defense, or you can try a ridiculously long field goal and go up six. The problem with that is the Vikings can still score a touchdown and take the lead. Here's what they should have done. Punt it. You have one of the best punters in the NFL. Punt it into the coffin corner and win the game. Instead, you try to kick a 54-yard field goal with a guy who can't kick to save his life. I don't The fact that we let go Riley Riley Patterson to to pick up Austin Siebert makes no sense to me, but here we are losing games. Because we're making a guy who can't kick try to kick 54-yard field goals. We miss you, Jason Hansen. Jason Hansen, Matt Prater. If either of them were there, they would have made it. But unfortunately, that's not the case, and we've lost. So, anyways, next game. What do you got? All right, next game. Ravens-Patriots. So, I put Lamar Jackson. I know everyone's Jalen Hurts is the, the forerunner for MVP. I think Lamar Jackson is pretty close second. Um, that dude is playing... Very, very well. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought with the contract issue that he wasn't going to run as much because he wanted to protect himself from injury. But he had over 100 yards rushing in this game, just like last week. I think he did last week, too. Um, but 218 yards, four passing touchdowns, 107 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, playing great. They're they're playing. Uh, they, they've got, well, I think they're two and one. They've got one loss to Miami. So Ravens are looking good. Their defense isn't looking very good. I mean, the Patriots uh, put up a bunch of points on them too. So, I mean, that's that defense for Baltimore is nowhere near as scary as it used to be. But I'm happy J.K. Dobbins officially back last week. Didn't didn't do a whole lot, uh, which is fine. It was his first game back after, after his ACL tear last year, but just good to see him back, and hopefully he'll continue to, to get better, get more involved. The Patriots, I, I definitely didn't expect them to put up that many points against Baltimore good for them um in fact they might have had a chance to win this game if mac jones hadn't thrown three interceptions he uh, break his leg too. pretty ugly a uh, high ankle sprain yeah they thought it was a break but they said it's a high ankle sprain that's crazy. and then they said oh he might play this week and then like an hour later like just kidding he's out i don't know but um Devontae parker yeah i was about to say Devontae. Yeah, massive huge game. day for him which is funny because last week for the fantasy breakout you picked uh Devontae smith i picked nelson aguilar i had the right team wrong receiver um, <laughs> Devontae parker had a huge day all of the patriots uh touchdowns were rushing touchdowns which i thought was funny damian harris Ramondre stevenson and mac jones all ran for one each 
I just that's just a weird stat that I thought uh, was amusing. But yeah, uh, again, Patriots. I, I don't know if they're you know I I didn't include them. I well I did include them because of Bill Belichick. I didn't include them because I I think they're overly talented. But Belichick always finds a way to win, man. I don't know. He'll he'll find a he finds a way to get to five hundred. I don't I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna you know only win three or four games. I think they'll find a way to win seven or eight. Um, don't know how long Mac Jones is going to be out for. They said he's dated or week to week, but I mean, it sure looked like a lot worse than that. So I don't know. Um, one of the most confusing things about the Patriots offense to me right now is the fact that they've always been a tight end catching team and their tight ends aren't doing anything. John Smith and Hunter Henry both have a lot of catches for no yards. So under 35 catches, John Smith, 11 no, seven catches to three, no yards. So, well, remember they paid both of them a lot of money two years ago in free agency, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're being very underutilized. They're like, what? Where did you go away from you? What you uh, always been good with? I don't know. Uh, Bengals, Jets. So the Bengals finally looked like the team everybody expected them to look like. Burrow, two hundred seventy-five yards, three touchdowns. Tyler Boyd getting involved, four catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, Joe Mixon is off to kind of a slow start. He he hadn't scored a touchdown in the first three weeks. Finally got one last night, so that's uh, that's a little concerning for, for all Mixon fans, which I am one of. I am a Mixon fan. Which is but, funny uh, to say because he led the league in yards last week when we talked about him. He just hadn't scored. Yep. But he also had led the league in uh, carries as well. So. Yeah, I mean, he's a huge part of the offense. He just hadn't found a way in the end zone before last night. Almost had two last night, but he finally got one. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Bengals finally finally looking uh, like the team that I, I at least thought they'd be. And then for the Jets, Joe Flacco, after his huge week two, came crashing back down to earth, throws two interceptions, does not uh, – looks looks more like the Joe Flacco we'd all think when he's – he's got to be like 37 or 38 at this point. Um, I thought this had, stat was interesting. Still had 285 yards, though. He did, but didn't throw five touchdowns. <laughs> he also threw, yeah, yeah. He also threw 52 times. So, yeah. Well, and here's a stat I found interesting. So, Brace Hall had 11 targets in the passing game to Michael Carter's two. Going into the year, everybody expected Michael Carter to the PP, be the PPR back, mm-hmm. but I, I believe he actually outcarried Brees Hall on the ground. But Brees Hall had way more targets in the passing game. I, I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Um, Flacco put on his glasses backwards. He must have. He must have. <laughs> or he just he just started dumping the ball down because he was like, "Yeah, my arm hurts too much from throwing all this." That 52 um, yeah. passes is a lot, especially for an old lot. man like Joe Flacco. Yeah. Old man. <laughs> um, so now Doesn't it feel like about... 10 years ago he was in the Super Bowl? How long yeah. ago was he in the Super Bowl? He is um, old. Or am I just thinking I, he's old? No, he is old. He's 37. He came out in 2008. Yeah, he's, uh-huh. he is old. Um, but uh, but yeah, he is. Well, Zach Wilson's now back this week. He will be starting. So they now they they go from a thirty eight year old to like a twenty two year old. So we'll see if that who dates thirty eight year olds. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Topical humor. Got him. 
Oh, man. But, yeah, so we'll see. I, I think Zach Wilson, I, I don't know what to expect from him. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's good. Like, I, I don't know what he is yet. He hasn't, I haven't seen him play enough to really judge him. So, well, it'll be fun to watch. Um, Raiders, Titans, Titans, Derrick Henry, 85 yards and a touchdown, which, I mean, isn't good for Derrick Henry standards, but for this season, that's good for him. But the thing that impressed me more was five catches for 58 yards because Derrick Henry does not catch the football. So that was that was pretty big for him. Were they shovel passes? Yeah, I know you took one for like 20 yards. So he had a lot of that came in one play. But hey, good for Derrick Henry. Good for the Titans getting the win over the Raiders. Um, again, I, I think the Titans are a lot better than their record shows. I think they're they're going to be okay. No Malik Willis, Ryan Tanhill played played all right, not not lights out or anything, but played enough to get the win. Um, I still believe we'll see Malik Willis at some point this year. Well, I don't know. Yep. Well, I mean, we already have seen him technically, so I guess I guess never mind. We have seen him play. <laughs> yeah, um, he threw a he threw a little bit last week. Yeah, yeah, he threw a little bit of that blowout game against the Bills. Um, but uh, but yeah, good for the Titans and then the Raiders. You know, it's weird. The Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the NFL. I don't think they're that bad. Especially, you look at the game against the Cardinals was a, a fluke loss where the Cardinals kept getting lucky after lucky after lucky. Um, and then oh. they played the Chargers week one, which Chargers are a better team. And then they played the Titans. Titans are a good team. I think the Raiders aren't as bad. You, you think 0-3 and, and you think, like, the Seahawks should be 0-3. The Texans should be 0-3. <laughs> think the Raiders should be 0-3 it's it's very weird to me um but but they are so what are you gonna do about it um uh, Mac Hollins eight catches for 158 yards and a touchdown that's that's pretty cool good for good for him I've heard the that real, name before the real question is why what is going on with Devonte? well and you know what's weird is I thought everything I've heard is is people say oh Derek Carr's not throwing to him he's not throwing to him Devontae Adams had 10 targets in that game. He only caught five He leads the team with 34 targets, so yeah. what is going on with like, him? Derek Carr is looking at him. He's just not getting the ball to him ever since week one. I have no idea. So very, very weird. But And that I think that's that'll what, that's what will help fix the Raiders is getting Devontae Adams more involved. Um, just very, very odd that after week one when he was super involved and now the last two games, they just haven't been able to be on the same page. But... Now he must Renfro's be getting this week. They must be putting two two people on him and just covering the crap out of them. And it's working for the teams playing them because he's yeah, not I he's mean, not yeah. making those catches. He's got to be like trying to catch through traffic and not getting them. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think I think the Raiders will get a win. I think it's actually going to come this week too. But. Um, Moving on, Jaguars, Chargers. I didn't coin this, but I love it. The Swagwires. <laughs> the Jaguars look freaking awesome, man. Um, they, they're two and one because they lost to Washington in week one. But the last two weeks, they've won and beaten the Chargers. They, they dominated the Chargers and looked great doing it. Trevor Lawrence finally looking like a number one overall pick. 28 of 39, 262 yards and three touchdowns. James Robinson, if that dude doesn't win comeback player of the year, I have no idea. I mean, missed all of last year with an ACL is, is I, I don't know where he ranks in the NFL in yardage, but he's um, having off to a great start. Christian Kirk, people joked about the contract. 
he's worth it. I mean, that he's, guy's, he's earning it. That's yeah, for sure. He's absolutely earning it. And, and it's, it's killing me because the Cardinals, especially right now, need receivers. That dude's looking good. Looking good. So yeah, the Jaguars and then the defense, I talked about this, I think in our first podcast, the, the defense looked a lot better um, this season going into the season than it has. And that's off to, they're, they're doing pretty well too. Um, I don't know their, their rankings, but I mean, you're talking about shutting down the chargers with all the weapons they have. That's pretty impressive. Um, their the defense, Char- they yeah, have the, the rankings. They have the fourth best offensive points per game or opponent points per game defense. They hold, they're hold, holding their man words. They're holding <laughs> their opponents to 12.7 points a game, which yeah, is that's... fourth in the league. They have the first rushing defense as far as yards per game go. And their passing isn't as great. It's 20th. But, I mean, you combine the two. If, if your rushing defense is that good, they're going to be throwing it a lot, which means it's going right. to be a lot harder for your pass defense to also be number one. So their defense is tearing it up right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very impressed with the Jaguars. Um, good for them. I mean, that that's a team that you know has, has struggled for a while, so it's awesome to see them turn their fortune around. And then for the Chargers, I mean, it's a combination of things. The the injuries, the running game, I don't know where Austin Eckler is. Um, Keenan Allen missing missing time. They're, it's just, you know, we talked about it earlier. They're they're a lot better than a one and two team. I still think they're going to be able to bounce back. Um, and, and they play the Jaguars. The Jaguars are, are very good. I, I, so I don't fault them for losing that game. Um, you know, you could talk about should Herbert have been playing. Everybody said he looked fine. Again, I didn't get to watch it, so I don't know if he looked fine. But the way that dude got hit um, in week two, I thought he should have sat out at least one game. But, you know, here we are. Um, and then Rams, Cardinals, Sean McVay. Well, okay. Sorry. One, one last yeah. thing. With Herbert coming, you, you just said he should have sat out, right? Like, yeah. And that would have made sense, but he didn't. So you would have thought that they would have ran the ball a lot more to try to keep him from taking hits. And instead, they ran the ball 12 times in that game. That's my guess it. is they got behind early 12. and had to throw. That's that's my guess. Um, again, I didn't get to watch it. 13-0 is how the game started before they scored to make it 13-7. Then it was 16-7 at halftime. So, I, I mean, like... down by that much, but they... They were down 13 nothing, and I'm sure. And then, again, they were probably trying to run early, couldn't, and said, screw it, we'll just start throwing. Like you mentioned with the Jaguars' defense. Like, mm-hmm. well, we can't run on them, so let's just throw the ball. But <laughs> luckily, Austin Eckler did have eight catches for 48 yards, which is, you know, something in fantasy football. But um, hopefully he gets back on track against the Texans this week. You said um, something about Sean McVay? Yeah, so Sean McVay, since joining the Rams in 2017, has won 11 of 12 against Arizona. That is just painful. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, that that hurts as a Cardinals fan. It's never fun when you have a divisional rival who's just dominating you for years on end. Um, and it's it's become, like, automatic at this point. Like, oh, Rams-Cardinals? Yeah, Cardinals are going to lose. I don't know. Sean McVay either knows... How to, how to pick apart our defense, or he knows what Cliff Kingsbury's thinking, but, man, he just straight-up demolishes Arizona. That wouldn't be I so bad. Really that wouldn't be so bad if if the thought was, if we're playing in Los Angeles, okay, they'll probably beat us. But at home, we have a chance. And the biggest problem for the Cardinals right now is what they've lost 
eight home games in a row. Yeah, we can't win at home either. We can't I win won't. a game. You remember a time when being in the Cardinal Stadium was the one of the biggest advantages in the NFL because A, it was so loud, and B, they just didn't lose at home, and now they oh, just cannot funny, find my, a way to win at home? Me and my dad talked about that after the game. You know, we used to go to Cardinals games and straight up lose our voice by the third quarter because we'd be screaming. Like and and you'd be hoarse and and we'd have cough drops on us because we were just like they led the league so in false much. starts because of the yeah. crowd being so loud. Like it was and always now, an like, advantage, and now it's nothing. Yeah, now you sit there and it's like yeah, they don't they don't give you and there's no moment where you feel like the game can turn on defense. You know, you're not it's not within three and you oh we got to stop the other team or you know the offense is driving like they they've always seemed to be out of it. And so you're just like sitting there like, well, why am I going to stand up and yell and scream when we're down by 14? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very frustrating. Um, I don't know what's good, what can be done, but the Rams, you know, being there, I wasn't really impressed by them. They, they didn't blow out the Arizona. They just, they just kept picking them apart. Like the, the defense just constantly could not get off the field. The Rams just did just enough to win the game. I say they had um, a chance that entire game. To do they something did. to did, take the, just, the game. It never felt like they had a chance. Like, mathematically, they had a chance. But watching the Cardinals, you're like, no, there's no chance. They're not like, doing anything. They're, they're within enough points. And then the final drive, I remember this. We were It was a two-score game on the final drive. The Cardinals got the ball, I think, with like six minutes left, something like that. They had no sense of urgency starting deep in their own territory slowly methodically driving down the field just wasting time off the clock 17 plays like... 17 yeah, like, plays for 84 yards it's a two score game and you're acting like you have the lead like they were in their yeah. four minute offense like it was it was so frustrating in the I, end I of that game they fan. kicked the field goal and to try to get the ball back to go then go score a touchdown to win the game right Yes. They were, it took was, 17 plays and five minutes and 32 seconds to take those 17 plays to kick a field goal with a minute and yep. seven left to leave it to a onside kick. Yep. It was, right. it was conf- confusing. I'm Instead so tired of, of listening to, I'm so tired of listening to Kings, Cliff Kingsbury in the post interview talk about how they need to practice better. I'm like, well, maybe don't sit all your players in the preseason then, Cliff. Exactly. I'm like, maybe you should have practiced more before the season started. Yeah. That would have made more sense to me. The fact that we didn't know what we were going to get out of Hollywood Brown until the first game of the season because he did not play a down for Arizona until the first week of the game, the season makes no sense to me. What What a frustrating. The other thing about that last drive, when they kicked the field goal, it was fourth and four. And they went for the field goal instead of going for a first down. Mathematically, I'm guessing it said, oh, you have better odds of getting a field goal and an onside kick and then a touchdown rather than getting four yards. We had already completed, I just looked it up. They completely they converted a fourth and seven on that drive. So mm-hmm. you trust your kicking team to get an onside kick more than you trust your offense to get four yards. That I, how how can you explain that to me? Like you have more faith in your hands team than you do your offense. I, I hated that call. And here's the here's the other part to that, right? So you kick, you get the four yards, and you go and score a touchdown. It seems to me that the odds are better with low amounts of time for you to get an onside if you do get it, 
Then you don't have to go very far because you're already at midfield. Matt Prater is an amazing kicker with 60-yard field goals under his belt. You don't have to go very far to get that field goal. So that's also made no sense to me. If you had a bad kicker, then that would make sense that you're that close to get the kick because you're not worried about if if you're going to onside to now have to get a field goal, he's not going to be able to kick it from so far. But you have Matt Prater who can kick it that far. You're inside. There's no reason he should miss anything 60, around 60 yards for the Cardinals. Yep. So it made no sense to me. They, they made the easy decision of let's get the easy points rather than actually try to win this game. Mm-hmm. And and that's it just, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, no running game in that game either. They've got a lot of injuries to wide receivers. You talk Hollywood Brown at 17 targets. I mean, that's crazy. He caught 14 of them too, which was pretty impressive. Uh, Did but great no for game. my fantasy team. I yes. finally put him in um, last week, and uh, he, he that happened. So, but this is these are the stats. I, I looked this up uh, because watching the defense twice now in person and just feeling like they are not doing anything. I actually wanted to look up their stats. So, I, I, these are the only stats I looked up. You've been looking them up all 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 podcast. But um, the Cardinals are last in the NFL in sacks with two. <laughs> they have not picked off a ball yet. They have the third worst completion percentage, the defense does, so opposing quarterbacks are, are you know, third, third best. Um, the defense has given up the second most yards, and they have the worst passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. So all around, our defense is not getting sacks, not forcing turnovers, and, and quarterbacks are just picking us apart. That's just, that's awful man i like that what what can be done about that like i know again we lost chandler jones well we still have jj watt we still have marcus golden we still have zach allen you know you have isaiah simmons you have zaven collins like you you've drafted players in the it's like washington you have talent on the defense where are the results um so yeah just 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 killing me but again this week against the panthers this is this is a game that they need to they need to win. They need to use it to get themselves right because the Panthers, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's Christian McCaffrey, but I'm not that impressed with Baker this year. So either he's going to torch our defense, or our defense can finally get their heads out of their asses and I mean, stop a quarterback. Baker did save a touchdown in that game. What do you mean? I didn't watch the game, so I, I didn't see that. Buda Baker. Oh, Buda Baker. I thought you were talking about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Sorry. Said, yes. Yeah. When you said Baker, I was talking about the Panthers. But um, oh, okay. But, I thought you said yeah. you weren't impass- impressed with Buda this this season. No, no. Cause... I said Baker, but I meant Mayfield. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. There, yeah. Too many Bakers. Too many. Because <laughs> that um, Buda pretty much gave them a chance to be in that game when he forced that fumble at the at the goal line. Oh no, Buda Baker is is one of the the only things on the Cardinals defense that's that's. Uh, really performing well but um but yeah so we'll see on sunday for the cardinals what happens um falcons seahawks so the falcons got a win against uh, a team that they that is is actually worse than them the seahawks uh cordero patterson good good he's off to a good start this year and, and good, you he's know crazy as a converted good. wide receiver to running back that everybody kind of just yeah he's not a real running back he's doing great 141 yards and a touchdown kyle pitts finally getting involved five catches for 87 yards good to see the falcons get a win um geno smith for the seahawks he's putting up much better numbers than i expected i didn't think he'd he'd, the 32 of 44 is great but 325 yards and two touchdowns 
I mean, that's – and then, I, I, you know, week one he had a good game, but um, I still think the Seahawks aren't a very good team. Um, but Geno Smith is, is a lot better than I expected him to be, and I did not expect very much at all. So, No. Usually yeah. a bad quarterback on a bad Jets team going to another team that's expected to be bad, you expect him to play like they did before. Well, somehow he's doing way better than I remember him playing. So, Oh, yeah. And it makes me wish I didn't pass on DK Metcalf because he might still have himself a, a good season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Packers Bucks uh this I mean for a game between two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history this game was pretty boring um Romeo Dobbs did have a big day uh eight for 73 and a touchdown this this might be the the moment we all remember Romeo Dobbs breaking out um we'll see how he does going forward and then for the Buccaneers all of a sudden they couldn't run Leonard Fournette 35 yards like that's that uh, that's what killed him, and then all the wide receiver injuries. Man, Mike Evans was suspended. Chris Godwin's hurt again. Julio Jones is hurt. It's just they're they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, and, Cole and Beasley actually Brady. played. Yeah. Yes. And had catches. Got signed yeah, off the practice squad. Brady, off the street and then played in that game. Yeah. Tom Brady not looking as good as he has the last couple of years. Um, I mean, is he is he finally hitting that wall at forty five, or is he just having a bad stretch? We'll see. But can we talk um, about like how different Tom Brady seems as a player on the field than he has in the past? That dude is constantly yeah. angry, mad, yelling, looking like he hates playing football on the sideline, as opposed to every other year we've seen him. And I'm just thinking to myself, if you don't like what's happening, why are you? Why are you playing <laughs> this year? Yeah, well, and it's it's you know obviously I'm not I don't want, the guy is going through personal stuff, so you hear like people on the radio say, "Oh, he's distracted, he's distracted." I don't know, man. I I you know I I still like Tom Brady. I hopefully he can um enjoy the game again. Otherwise, I mean, we just walk away in week twelve. Who knows what's gonna happen? But <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Bucks though. Yeah, they they're they're off to a um a rough start offensively. I think they're still two and one. So, I mean, they're, you know, not, not doing too bad. And that division isn't, they'll still win the division. The saints and Panthers and Falcons don't scare me. Um, but not, uh, Tom Brady just, you know, it's, it's it reminds me of, was it, um, like Brett Favre and, and, um, who's, uh, who am I thinking of for the chief Joe Montana when he went to camp, like every quarterback seems to stay, a little too past their welcome with you know they they could go out on top oh and peyton manning i was about to say peyton manning yeah super bowl and then doesn't um so yeah it's it's like well did did brady just just one season too long i don't know but we'll see um speaking of peyton manning 49ers broncos i listened to this game on the way back from phoenix god this game was boring It, it just this this game just hurt everything about me because the Broncos being two and one, and I mentioned this with Chicago, the Broncos don't deserve to be two and one. Absolutely do not deserve to be two and one. It is just, it is so annoying. Mind bottling. win 11 to 10 over the 49ers, who are a much better team, except the 49ers had three turnovers and the, and the Broncos just got lucky. Like, it is just painful. I still think, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is an idiot. Um, you know, again, they're two and one. 
But you look at the talent on that team, Russell Wilson, Corbin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Jamal, uh, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. It, it's There's just so much talent for them to be scoring 11 points. It, it's just, yeah, the, freaking ridiculous. I don't think this was a scoregami. I think I've talked about scoregamis with you before. I, haven't, I didn't see a tweet about it, so I don't think it was. But there, I, there are not a lot of 11 to 10 games no. that occur. No, it was very, uh, yeah. And very when they do, you don't, you're not happy that you watched it. So, no, no, that was a, yeah, what a ridiculous. Um, but anyway, yeah, Broncos are two and one. Good for them. Um, last game, Monday night, Cowboys, Giants. This was kind of another kind of boring game. Um, big staff from this one, Cooper Rush, three and O as a starter, future Hall of Famer, Cooper Rush, undefeated. It's just a weird open quarterback competition with Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak who? Dak's getting (laughs) traded. Cooper Rush for life in Dallas. I'm being sarcastic, but if if you you hear people talk about that, well, should there be a quarterback competition? Should should Cooper (sighs) Rush start over Dak? And it's like, guys, what has Cooper Rush done? He's won. But he's not out here looking that impressive where it's like, oh, this guy has all the talent in the world. It's like, no, he's beating the Giants. Like The, the more legit a... competition yeah. here is Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Because that's... Tony Pollard look, looks 10 times better than Ezekiel Elliott to me. I think Ezekiel Elliott is definitely done in Dallas. I said the year. problem is much how money. much money he makes. And if you've got a guy that's outperforming him – there's no way he's they're keeping him for that type of contract because no. there's uh, Elliot is better than a lot of other people's halfbacks and so you that's the embarrassment of riches thing going on there and Tony Pollard is not making Ezekiel Elliot money so I would definitely no. keep him and get rid of Elliot so we'll see and what I, happens I agree there. I think they will after this season I think Elliot's definitely done in Dallas after this um, CD Lamb eight for eighty seven and a touchdown should have had two dropped one that uh, that was painful for. For people who have them in fantasy, but had a good uh, good week though. For the Giants, they started out hot. Haven't didn't uh, didn't look very impressed. I mean, they've got a lot of injuries in wide receiver, but Saquon Barkley's playing well for them. He's he's you know he might be comeback player of the year, right? Like number two behind James Robinson. Um, but the offense is not as as not looking as good as I thought they would after after week one. You know who's not hurt? What's that? Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I think Kenny he caught Galladay a pass in that is, game actually. Nope, three targets, no catches. Oh well, at least he got targeted. So, not hurt, getting paid a lot of money through three weeks. Let's. I don't. Does he have five catches? No. Two receptions for twenty-two yards this season, Kenny Galladay. And this week, with all their wide receivers hurt, everyone's talking about Richie James. Not getting holiday. That's yeah. what it's. It reminds me of Brandon Ayuk for uh, the 49ers. Oh. Brandon yeah. Ayuk, what is the first round pick? Never does anything. Yeah. I, he, he, well, he, he did well last year. I think just this year he hasn't, he hasn't really, uh, he hasn't really done much. But then again, the offense for the 49ers hasn't done much either. So, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm still Saquon Barkley. He's he's bouncing back. He's still looking good. Um, 
And that's uh, that's really all the notes I have for last week. You got anything you want to add? Uh, no. I just kind of pop them in as I go. So, but I will be back in two seconds. So let me just start okay. with Thursday night football. Yeah, we can talk about last night. Um, I mean, the big story obviously is Tua, and I'm gonna I'll give my take on it, and then and then Dan can give his take. Um, so we talked about the the injury on last Sunday, week three, um, where he got hit, went to the turf, hit his head, got up, started walking towards the huddle, and then collapsed to his knees. Anybody watching that could would have said, oh, it's it's a concussion. That's that's a head injury. Goes to the locker room. They say, it's his back. His back seized up. That's why he fell to his knees. His back seized up. He's fine. Cleared concussion protocol. Sure. Uh, then all this week, independent doctors... Miami's staff, they all cleared him. He didn't have any symptoms. Okay. Then last night he plays, gets hit, and if you didn't watch it, he he gets thrown to the ground. First of all, that should have been a penalty. Um, gets thrown to the ground, hits his head, and then his hands kind of seized up, which is actually a sign of something called second impact syndrome. So naturally everybody thinks, okay, well, that's, that was his second concussion. Clearly, he had a concussion last Sunday. Why was it not caught? Why was he approved to play? Um, why is the, why was he allowed? That uh, second impact syndrome is is very dangerous. From what I read, it has like a fifty percent mortality rate and near one hundred percent disability rate. Um, which hopefully that's not what he had. I mean, he was discharged from the hospital, flew home with the team with a neck brace on. I read. Um, so I. I from all for all everything you read it seems like he's okay but again when you're dealing with the brain and you're getting these hits not everything is immediate not all the symptoms and problems show up in 30 seconds some of this stuff pops up and and you know lingers so i'm i'm very curious to see obviously they don't they don't play on sunday they get 10 days off but does Tua really come back in in week four or, or week five um like, I just don't see how he can play the next game. Like, you know, people say, oh, he might miss a long time. He might, but they haven't said what he had. They haven't said how long he's going to miss. But he has to at least miss one game after that. Like, you can't have seen that guy laying on the ground with his hands seized up like that and think he'll be fine in 10 days to do it again. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Just, just so many questions, and I think a lot's going to come out. I think the NFL is is reviewing the the medical staff and the process to make sure the Dolphins did anything do anything sketchy. I don't know if anything's going to come out of that, but I'm I'm very curious to see what happens. My so from what I've heard, the brain, as far as medically, is one of the least one of the the parts of the body that we know the least about, right? Yeah, and we have we've got a lot of information but there's a reason that like cti football players donate their brain or their families donate their brains when they pass away so that people can actually study the the consequences of taking all these hits right and why is this hold on a second you can't hear that but a video started playing on my browser oh that always happens when i have espn open yeah so but so there's not that a ton you know about the head, okay? Right. And when you, if you're just, 
I understand you want you're paying this guy a lot of money to play football. And I might have understood it a little bit more if it was a week between games, right? But this was four days later on a Thursday night, and you did everything you could in that time to say he's totally fine to play this game. Not to mention he played the second half of the game he fell over in. It makes no sense to me what happened there. I, like I said, I'm not a doctor. Maybe the doctors did everything they could, and that's they thought they were right. And unfortunately for Tua, they were wrong because it sure seems like they were wrong. I just really hope – I don't care when he comes back, to be honest. The only thing I care about for him is that he doesn't have – a lifetime of problem, a lifetime of problems now from these these hits because that was dirty and nasty. The way that- yeah, my my worry is that if if he passed their concussion protocol after the first game, are they going to do that again? Are they going to say like, oh no, he's fine, and and pass him so he comes back and plays in in week five? Like I I don't know what the concussion tests are mm. and and maybe he did pass them all after that game but there comes a point when you have to just use your eyeballs and say that dude's not well yeah. he shouldn't be getting hit like this and yeah i agree like after watching that game and what happened to him last night it's like no he, he probably shouldn't play until november like that he, he should at least miss a couple weeks like he needs rest and they need to make sure there's no lasting things that are going to pop up in a week or two um but i don't know i i have no idea what the dolphins are thinking they, they seem to be um just a a impressive team on the field and a a ridiculous team in the front office so i don't know what's gonna happen but all i know i just i i like you said i just hope he's okay because everything i read about what happened to him and and that second impact syndrome that they talked about was like, yeah, he's gonna have mental problems. Like he's he's gonna like this. He's gonna be lucky to to not have lasting effects, and that's concerning. When when everything you see today has been like, oh, he's fine, nothing happened, he's totally fine, and it's like, is he just that lucky, or are they just lying? It's so, concerning when know. all that could be avoided by taking a week off, right? Especially a short week. Yeah, and the you, way you, Teddy Bridgewater played last night, they could have. Like, they could have absolutely just been like, you know what, we're going to play Teddy Bridgewater. Um, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Dude, that, that dude yeah. has had – he's had bad luck, I feel like, in where the places absolutely. that he's played. But he's had ample chances to be starters and done well as a starter, just not well enough to stay the starter and stay on those teams. He could have started that game easily and given him the week off, and they still would have had – just as much of a chance to go four and zero as if as they had last night because he did play. You know, it just makes no yep. sense to me. No, I, I I absolutely agree, absolutely agree. But for the game as a whole, uh, T Higgins monster monster game. Um, that's because he was against me in two fantasy football leagues. <laughs> I saw that coming. I placed bets on him. I bet uh, his over on receptions, which was four and a half. I bet his over on yards, which was I think sixty four and a half. And I bet him anytime touchdown, and he hit all of them. <laughs> um, because that's just uh, that's just my luck in fantasy football this season. So I'm going to be doing that quite often the rest of the season. But, <laughs> um, and we talked about the Bengals two and two. They're they're finally looking um, like like we expected for the Dolphins. It's all about 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater coming in. I, I think he'll be, I think they'll be okay. I still think Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle will get involved. I think, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater is, is a talented quarterback. He's just been in some unlucky situations. So I think uh, it doesn't really I think, hurt the Dolphins too bad. I think the only thing people have to worry about fantasy wise is I don't see Jalen Waddle doing as well under Teddy Bridgewater as he was under uh, Tua. Yeah, they don't have the same relationship that him and Tua did. No. Um, but and he I only think, wound think... up with two catches last night after two catches total, and I'm pretty sure both of them were from Tua. So Yeah, they were, because in the second half, Teddy was just staring down Tyreek Hill. Like, we yeah. ended up, I think, with like 12 catches. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so our Thursday night four play, we, we both placed our, our four, uh, four bet parlays last night. Um, why don't you go first since you actually hit a couple of yours? I really thought I was going to win this, to be honest. Um, before the, the game was still close when Tua went down. Uh, my foreplay was Dolphins money line, and they still really looked like they were going to get that, even with Teddy, but uh, in the end, they didn't, so I didn't hit that one. But I guess it really wouldn't have mattered because Joe Mixon, I bet him on 64 and a half yards rushing he only had 61 so so close on that one if i had lost the bet and won the money line and lost this part i would have been extra angry but (laughs) so i missed those two but i had raheem mostert with the 40 yards plus rushing he had been he had had the most carries for the dolphins in the last the last game and everyone's talking about how he's becoming the running guy and chase edmonds becoming the catching guy which you kind of saw last night. So I got that one because Mostert did have 40-plus yards rushing. And then, of course, easy to say Tyreek Hill is going to get 60-plus yards receiving. So I got that one as well. And like I said, I'm going to hit one of these. I said that last week, and I'm going to do it now without doing any time touchdown because those are the ones that kept screwing me and uh, almost got it here. So. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, if Tua hadn't gone down, I think you you would have probably gotten that. Um, I I lost mine because I had once Tua went down, I had his over of passing yards of two hundred fifty four point five. So of course we didn't hit that. Um, I had the Dolphins plus three and a half. They lost by six again. If Tua hadn't gone down, I thought they were going to win the game outright. So giving me three and a half points, that was an easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins, I put over twenty two and a half. They scored, I think, fifteen. Yep. And then I had a Tyreek Hill anytime touchdown. Tyreek Hill had like 12 catches for 160-some-odd yards. Didn't catch a touchdown, though. Like, that dude was catching everything. Didn't get <laughs> he just could but... not get to the end zone. Yeah, but I wasn't I wasn't going to get mine anyways because it went two and went down. So I was 0 for 4 on that one. But again, on my T. Higgins uh, three-bet parlay on just him, I hit that. So <laughs> <laughs> it all washed. That's pretty damn funny. <laughs> All right, so why don't you go over the uh, our picks uh, results through three weeks, and then we'll we'll dive into week four and, and make our picks. So I think I had one win in the morning games last week. <laughs> one. I thought you were going to blow me out of the water, and then the, the afternoon and, and the primetime games happened, and I can't caught back up. So in the end, I was seven and eight, and you were only eight and seven. So – you you picked up another game on me, but it hey, could I'll have been it. way worse than I thought it was going to be. So it should have been. Now the season score is twenty to twenty. Mine is twenty twenty four and one. Yours is twenty four and twenty and one. So we continue week to week, 
flipping our our uh, wins and losses on each other. Because I think last week I had uh, I had thirteen wins, and you had uh... yeah, yeah. Anyways, 13. oh yes, I yes, had thirteen yes. wins last week, and you had uh, eighteen. Yeah, no, I had sixteen. Sixteen. You were th- yeah. I was three games behind you. Now I'm four. So the numbers just keep flipping. Yep. Hopefully I won't next week, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> but we'll start off in London for the first game. The Vikings at the Saints. The Saints are the quote-unquote home team, but they're in London, so it's exhibition. Home doesn't really matter. Vikings are favored in that game. So, yeah. What do you um... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings. The Saints, no Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara is questionable. Um, and they and they just haven't haven't looked great. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Vikings are, are going to win that one. Yep, I'm taking the Vikings as well. I just don't... Uh, I don't think that the Saints are going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I, especially I, with Michael Thomas hurt. Right, I think the Vikings are uh, they're two and one as well. So I mean, they're they they haven't looked overly impressive to me, but they've they've still you know they've they've won. Well, they so. should have lost last week. Yeah, score a last minute touchdown to beat the Lions. Look at us, we're two and one. I know. It's all right though. The Lions are going to win this week. I did better. <laughs> Uh, next up, you've got the Browns at the Falcons with the Browns favored. Um, God, this one is. You know what? I keep picking against the Browns because I, I don't believe in Jacoby Brissett. So I'm going to go with the Browns this time. I, I think they've they've looked better than I thought. Um, and I, I do love Nick Chubb. So, yeah, I'll go with the Browns. Um. I'm going to go with the Browns as well, simply because Corderell Patterson is listed as questionable. And if he doesn't play, that'll be very bad news for the Falcons. If he wasn't on there, I might think to pick the Falcons because so much of the Browns' defense is hurt. Miles Garrett and um, what's his name? Jadavion Clowney. But, you know. Yeah, this is a really close one. I actually looked at the line, too. The Falcons, um, the Browns are favored by one and a half. So, I mean, it is a very close one. I just, um, I keep picking against the Browns and I keep losing. So, I'll just switch to the Browns. All right, next up, you've got the Commanders at the Cowboys with the Cowboys favored. Cowboys. (laughs) That was quick. I will pick my team when they deserve it. I can do that. I think the Cowboys will win as well. Simply well, again, because... when I make when I make my picks, I, I have to take my fandom out of it. So obviously, I want the Commanders to win, um, but I have to go with what is more likely to happen, which is the Cowboys at home. Um, they've got two good running backs. We have a terrible defense. They've got <laughs> a superstar wide receiver in CD Lamb. So you know, and yeah, it's Cooper Rush, but. And plus, if if the Eagles can sack Carson Wentz nine times, how many times is Micah Parsons going to sack Carson Wentz? Thirteen. Oh like yeah. it's it's yeah, it's going to be a massacre. So yeah, Cowboys. It'd be nice if Dallin Schultz would come back. 
Michael Gallup, I think they said he, he should be back this game too. So that's uh, even worse for the Commanders. <laughs> All right, next you got the Seahawks at the Lions. Keep in mind that Amon Ross St. Brown is out. He is. And, and so DJ Chark. Swift. DJ Chark might also be out. Oh, I did not see that. Austin Siebert, the kicker, is out. Which well, really doesn't matter. Right. So Dan Campbell can actually goals. go for every fourth down. Yeah. Um, I did not see that about DJ Chark. I'm still going to go with the Lions. Um, I, res- I, I think the Lions defense is good enough to um, put pressure on Geno Smith. I think I think the offense, even missing the Sun God and De- I mean Jamal Williams will fill in nicely for Swift, Craig Reynolds, um, maybe Hawkinson. Maybe this is the game he finally breaks out just because he has to. But yeah, I'm going the Lions. Yep, I just I I refuse to believe that after almost beating the Eagles and the Vikings, that we would let the Sea Chickens beat us. So exactly at home. Yeah, exactly. If it was on the road and you had the whole twelfth man thing, I'd probably go Seahawks. But no, I, I this is this is the game. Like the Lions, and again with the Commanders, there are some games coming up with the Commanders that I look at like, yeah, you better win this game. And I look at this game with the Lions like, you better win this game. Mm, if they don't win this game, then they aren't who I thought they were. Exactly. All right. So next up, you've got the Titans at the Colts with the Colts favored. I'm already going to tell um, you now I'm taking the Colts or the Titans. I don't know why they're favored, and I don't believe that they are going to beat the Titans. Uh, we've been matched every game so far. I will actually take the Colts. I think this one's closer, at least in my mind. I don't think the Titans run away with it. I just look at it this way. The Colts just beat the Chiefs, so they can beat anybody in my mind. So they could very well win this game. I'm more than happy to take them just so we can have a difference. <laughs> well, I did that a lot last week, and it didn't work out for me. So I'm glad you're oh. doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's my it's my week to jump on the grenade then. Um, next up, you've got the Bears at the Giants. Boy, the Giants are favored by three. Gosh. Um, I don't know if... Uh... Big Rich is still listening, but I'm definitely not taking the Bears. I know you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They, I don't. Winning is the only thing that matters. True. But I do think the Giants are playing better football, rounded football than the Bears. They are playing more well-rounded football, but they're also dealing with so many injuries to their wide receiving core. And the Bears defense is playing so much better than anybody thought. Um, gosh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with the Giants, though. It, it is at home for the Giants. Um, yeah, and, and I look at, like, the 49ers in a rainstorm, the Texans, the Bears, if, if they can beat the Giants, a team that, that, you know, isn't the bottom of the NFL, then at 3-1, and one, I will... I can give them even more respect. And if Justin Fields will complete more than 10 passes, it's just, there's, I can't pick a team that is is passing the ball 12 times a game. It's just, it's so unnatural. It looks like punter was put in the game stats. Yeah, like it's so <laughs> weird. They, they, they traded up to draft the guy 
get let him throw. Like you, if he's gonna develop, he's got to throw the ball. It's <laughs> so weird. I don't know. Um, All right. Next up, you've got the Jaguars at the Eagles with the Eagles uh, favored. The Eagles are not only favored, they're favored by six and a half. I thought this, I didn't think it was like that much of a distance between these two teams. Like I know the Eagles look, they are the best team in the NFC, but the Jaguars sure do look like a pretty good team. Like six and a half is, is that's a big swing. Um, And they're both mostly healthy. That's the crazy part. Gosh, I want to pick the Jaguars so bad because I want the Jaguars to win so bad. Um, But I'm going to go with the Eagles. I am also going with the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level. Like I, you can't, I I can't pick against him. See, I like to be different, but I like to be different when you're taking the chance, and I'm not doing it in this game because the, (laughs) I just can't. The Eagles are too playing too good. Even though the Jaguars are playing really well, until the Eagles lose, I'm not going to not pick the Eagles. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. There are some games that are a toss-up enough that I'm happy. To, you know, I can pick either one. Well, I've been um, happy with that for weeks now, and it's not working out for me. So, <laughs> um, Next up, you've got the Jets at the Steelers. Does Zach Wilson lead the Jets to a victory? I'm going to say he does. Ooh. And you know why? Because just why? like I said, that offense has been playing really well. And to get Zach Wilson back is is going to be really well. And the Steelers haven't been playing great on great on offense. Najee Harris yeah, barely but... getting the ball. George oh, Pickens, the only person catching balls. I took Najee Harris in two different leagues. And that dude is, is yeah, it's killing me. Yeah, so... I was I was kind of on the fence. Um, if you're taking the Jets, I'll go with the Steelers. Alrighty. To be fair though, I I, I and for my bets, I did bet the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, you've got the Bills favored at the Ravens, which is crazy. That's got to be a one one and a half pointer. It's a three. They are favored by three over the Ravens. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, I think the Bills coming off the loss to Miami are are looking to make a statement. I'm going to go with the Bills. The Bills. <laughs> the Bills. Bills Mafia. Get the tables. <laughs> yeah, I... That's a tough one. Well, and that's the thing. Like, the Bills are dealing with injuries in the secondary. So, like, I could definitely see the Ravens winning. I just think the Bills, their offense after last week, I think the offense is going to want to go out there and and make it. I I think they're just going to want to prove to everybody that, oh, no, we're still the best team. So, I I think they're going to be a high-scoring game at least. I'm going to go look at one thing, and that's going to tell me who I'm going to pick. Bills... Rushing defense is second in the NFL. Ooh. Oh, that, that makes me feel better about with my a neck. with a rushing average being second in the NFL. So, with most of their offense being driven by the Ravens being able to run, I'm gonna say the Bills. 
Yeah. No, I I agree. Plus the Ravens secondary, they're they're like passing defense has been terrible. So I yeah, I think Josh Allen's gonna have himself a big day. All right, now you've got the Chargers favored at the Texans. Chargers. I don't even have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe in uh, Davis Mills, huh? I think he's better than I gave him credit for going into the year, but this is the Chargers. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a fun one. Cardinals at the Panthers. I'm going to pick the Cardinals because if they don't win this game, I'm going to lose my shit. I am going to pick the Panthers because I don't believe in the Cardinals at all. No, I, I, I it's very feasible the Panthers win. I just, I want the Cardinals, to, I am willing them to win so much that I have to put that out into the universe. I have to put this positive Cardinal energy out there because legitimately, if they don't win this game, the, the season's over. If you can't beat Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, you're not going to beat uh, the Packers and, well, the Rams, obviously. Like, you're just, you're not going to do anything. So, yeah, I, I'm i just trying to be a... a, a good karma or, or good energy whatever they whatever they call it i'm gonna keep my pick and say this that i would pick the cardinals if i knew for sure if christian mccaffrey was gonna play because so if, he doesn't, if, if he doesn't if he doesn't play if he doesn't play i think the cardinals win easy no I, yeah I, I think if if he doesn't play they win easy i still think they win if he plays i just no but again, the Panthers absolutely could win this game. I mean, it's the Cardinals are favored by one and a half, which is sad. It's sad that the Cardinals are only favored by one and a half over Carolina. Um, they fact, they need to make a statement, and this is the time to do it. And if they don't do it, then, yeah, it's just going to be... What's sad to me is man. they're the away team, and I don't know what the Cardinals have done to be a favorite. Well, that's the thing. They've got better talent. They're just not... They're all not executing. Like... I don't know. Mm. Well, okay. <laughs> Patriots at the Packers with the Packers favored. Packers. I agree. They're favored by nine and a half. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but I think the Packers win. No, yep, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think this is where the Patriots get it back on track. I think they will, but I don't think it's this game. Yeah, I think they will as well, but just not against the Packers. Uh, next up, you've got the Broncos at the Raiders. Raiders favored. This is where the Raiders the, the, get there. Hold on, hold on. The two and one Ravens, or sorry, the two and one Broncos, Broncos versus the zero and three Raiders, and the Raiders are favored. So that uh, yes, should tell you all you need the to know about what be two and one. Tell you all you need to know about what Vegas thinks of the Broncos. The Broncos will be two and two after this game. The Raiders win this game. Absolutely win this game. Nathaniel Hackett does not deserve to be three and one. He doesn't. <laughs> he may not deserve it, but it might still happen. No, no, it won't. Again, I'm putting I'm putting that energy out into the universe. He will not win this game. <laughs> I'm I'm actually gonna take I'm going to take the Broncos. Oh, okay. Switch it up a little bit. I'm going to switch it up a little bit there. Simply for the fact that... Um, oh, no, I'm looking at this backwards. I'm taking the Raiders. 
The, Bron- <laughs> the Broncos, both the Broncos guards are out. Starting guards are out. There is uh, no way the Broncos. I thought that was the. Uh, I thought that was the Raiders guards were out. Nope, that's real bad news. I yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, this ha- it hasn't worked for you in the first three weeks to go the other way, but I'm I'm glad you changed your mind. No, I was uh, my arse backwards there. All right, next up, you've got the Chiefs favored at the Buccaneers. The Chiefs are not favored as a FanDuel, actually. The Buccaneers are favored by one. That was that. It might have. It probably changed. It, right, it's on ES- one. ESPN's listing it as even. See, that's yeah, that's man. Um, you know, the Bucks are favored by one on FanDuel. Which is funny because I, I looked at Caesars when I put this all in here. So that's how close it is. Nobody different different bookings are putting the odds in different places. Yeah, well, yeah, of course they always do. Um I I I don't know why the Bucks are favored. I don't know why this game is so close. I know the Chiefs just lost to the Colts, but the Bucks just seem like there's so much going on for them. All of their injuries as well. Like I, I I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I, I I don't I have I don't see the Bucks winning this game. Like I'm pretty confident the Chiefs win this game. Yeah, I don't I I don't think the both with Godwin and uh Godwin will definitely be out, as far as I'm aware. Um, I don't know where Mike Evans is, but if I think he's back, he was only suspended for one game, so I think he's he's back. Oh, because he wasn't hurt, right, right, right. Yeah, right. So, he was. Yeah, but if, if those two being out was a real terrible looking offense, and Fournette not being able to run last week, I just I think it's the Chiefs, and I don't really actually think. Every Bucks game this season, you've been I've been I haven't watched them, but everything I've seen as I watch the box score while watching other games is that the game is low scoring and very close and Tom Brady's throwing tablets across the sidelines, so unless yes. until that offense has a breakout game, I don't know how you do that, how you can pick them against a team that's offense is breaking out every game. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I, I, I think it's the Chiefs just lost to the Colts, so everybody's like, oh, let's all jump off the Chiefs bandwagon. But the Bucks just lost to the Packers. So I don't know, man. I, I just, yeah, I think the Chiefs win this game. Mm-hmm. Last up, you've got on Monday Night Football, the championship Rams at the 49ers with the 49ers favored. I also don't understand that. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't know why the 49ers are favored. That is just so weird to me. Um, but yeah, Rams, completely Rams. Now I'm just going to look look a few things up here because I'm curious. Because the Rams stats as an offense are not good. They're not. Uh, they had a terrible <laughs> week one. <laughs> but look at the 49ers last week with Jimmy Garoppolo against the Broncos. They, I mean, that was pathetic. I True, but the they're, the 49ers defense is ranked in the top five in literally everything. Yeah, so, but they played, the, they played the Bears week one. And Seattle. Oh. And Denver. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so their defense is... You know, maybe is, the stats uh, are deceiving there. 
Yeah, um, a little benefit of the circumstance there. I, I just, the Rams are a better team all around. I mean, the 49ers, yeah, they've got Debo um, and, and Nick Bosa and some and some linebackers, but the Rams are just a better team. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why the 49ers are favorite other than it's at home. Yeah, I'm not going like, against the, uh, I'm not going against the Super Bowl champions. Yeah. In that one. I wouldn't be, I, I would like to see that the defense is actually that good and it happened in that game, but I'm not going to bet on it. This this will be a, a, like a very telling game for that defense. If they actually can stop the Rams offense, then yeah, the 49ers defense is legit. Yeah, that, that top five earning is actually legit, not just circumstance. Exactly. So, all right. All right, there we go. So what do we got? We got... Uh... Got our different games. We got one, I think two, two three. Are there three different? Three ones? different games. Yeah. So you know, Titans, not, Colts, not enough of a difference Jets, for you Steelers, to, and Cardinals. You, you can't so. if you if you win all three differences, I'll still be leading uh, after four weeks. So that's that's good. That's the sweet spot for me. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that works. All righty. So last up, we've got our fantasy football sleepers. We'll go over uh, last week's calls and give you a couple names this week. So last week, uh, we recommended Jared Goff. Um, he was the 17th ranked quarterback last week, and he finished 18th. So, hey, the, the experts <laughs> nailed it. Um, I think you put Jameis Winston, actually. He finished 10th. I did. He, uh, he didn't do too bad. So that was, a, that was one of your good calls. We mentioned Devontae Smith earlier. Um, running backs, I, I had Miles Sanders against Washington. It ended up just being a Jalen Hurts day. Miles Sanders had 5.4 points. You picked Joe Mixon. He ended up with 6.8 points. So we both not great at the running back position. <laughs> Wide receivers. I picked Nelson Aguilar uh, against the Baltimore's secondary. I had the right team. The Patriots wide receivers. I had the wrong one. Devontae Parker had the monster week. So I, uh, I pride myself on at least being in the right stadium. Um, but you, Colin Devonte Smith, monster game against the Commanders defense. Hey, oh, we're gonna we're gonna keep track of that throughout the year. That gives you a sweet gold star for calling that one. And then uh, tight ends, we gave Gerald Everett. Uh, I, I said if Herbert doesn't play, I thought Chase Daniels was gonna check down. Herbert did play. Gerald Everett scored four and a half points, so not not too impressive there. Um, all in all, uh, you nailed it with Winston and definitely Devontae Smith. So I got two I got my work cut out for me this week. I got a two for three. I, I, I'll take it. Yeah, I worked hard on these ones. I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta <laughs> pull something out of my butt here. Um, I've got to win my own segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta get at least one. I gotta at least get one guy. So week four, quarterback wise, we talked about how terrible the Cardinals defense is at stopping quarterbacks. So I'm going with Baker Mayfield. Again, I picked the Cardinals to win. I want the Cardinals to win. But if they don't, it's going to be because Baker Mayfield picks apart our terrible defense and has himself a day. Um, so he is my quarterback uh, pick of the week. Who is your – do you have yours ready? All right, there we go. <laughs> Number two pa passing offense in the NFL on the Jets. I'll take Zach Wilson going up against the Steelers defense. You're, you're just doubling down on Zach Wilson this week. I love it. 
<laughs> I hope he does it too. I, I want him to succeed. That would that would be great for the Jets franchise. So yeah, I, I'd love to see it. So. Not to mention Minka. As far as I Minka was questionable, I think he might be playing. But if he doesn't, that's even better for them. Nice. Yeah, that would be huge. So. Um. All right. So those are quarterbacks, running backs. Now I need you to look this up because mm-hmm. on ESPN they had the Lions run defense pretty low. So I don't know what the stat views thing said. But I went with Rashad Penny for the Seahawks. Um, if if the Lions' run defense is uh, on the lower end as as ESPN had them, then I think Rashad Penny could have himself a, a big day, um, especially because you know with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I I suspect Dan Campbell to want to shut them down. They give up because... a five yards per play average, twenty seventh in the NFL. 27th okay so it is it is bottom of the nfl um yeah so i don't think rashad penny goes nuts on him but i i think for where he's ranked going into the into this week um i think he he could i could see him getting 100 yards and a touchdown yeah i mean if the if we let halfbacks like Devonte cook or Devonte cook dalvin cook who hadn't done anything the whole season came and played us and finally you know got things started so we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just that run, and again, that run defense. Um, I think it's it's because they've got guys like Okuda on the back end, and and who's the who's the other corner that you love? I forget his name. Oruwarier. Thank you. Um, but I think the linebacking core might be might be something the Lions need to work on to stop the run. Um, so we'll see. But again, that was based off of where he's ranked. He's he's ranked going into the week. Rashad Penny is ranked like as an RB bottom end RB two, and I think he could definitely definitely hit you twelve to fifteen points. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you're gonna get points from this guy anyway. But I think you're gonna get a lot of points from this guy, and that's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, playing absolutely. the Bears defense, which is thirtieth in the NFL of yards given up so let me see something real quick I'm just curious to see um see Saquon Barkley is ranked as the third running back this week so you're not really given a sleeper where are you six. looking up rankings uh, I'm just looking at projected points going into the week off ESPN is there a, a part of the website you can see that I've never even seen this before Going to go into the free agents and filter all players. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. So, logged so in. that's where I well, I try to look for sleepers and and just Aquan Barkley's not a sleeper. Oh, I thought we were just talking about big games. All right, well again, I'll go. I'll it's give. I'll I'll come up with another one. Sleepers. All right. All right well, fine. we'll come back to you. Um, so wide receiver. I'm going with C.D. Lamb. I mentioned it. Washington's defense, terrible. Um, he had a, a C.D. Lamb had a great game last week. Could have had two touchdowns. I think. Uh, um, I think he finishes. Honestly, I think he finishes this number one receiver this week. I think he's going to just feast on us. Um, but he's going to have himself a monster game. Um, and then uh, you're looking up running backs right now. Do you want to talk about your wide receiver? Yeah, so he had a massive game last week, and with the status of Mike Thomas in question for this week against the Vikings, I'm going to say Chris Olave as my guy. 
Yeah, I think that's a great one, and I I completely missed that one too because he's 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 ranked pretty low as far as wide receivers go as far as projected point. He's projected twelve point four, and with Michael Thomas out and against the Vikings' pass defense, yeah, that he's gonna go off. That's that's a good one. That is my guy for this week. All right, and then tight ends. Tight ends is tough, man, because there's literally like four or five people at the top, and then everyone else is just a crapshoot. Ironically, I went in the same game. I picked Jawan Johnson of the Saints because Michael Thomas is out. Um, so I thought, well, if they've if they've got to throw to somebody new, maybe they'll throw to him. Um, and when it comes to tight ends, if that dude can get eight to ten points, that's a great week for a tight end at this point. So um, that's that's the tight end I chose. Uh, and uh, yeah, so running back, did you find anybody else? Uh, I've I've got it narrowed down to two. I'm gonna tell you who it is, in one second. All right. I mean, I'll give you Saquon Barkley if you want to make a bold claim, like he finishes first overall this week at running back. Actually, I'm gonna take this one because he's down far enough down on the list. Oh. That I'll take him. I'll All take right. Antonio Gibson against a very subpar Dallas run defense. And you know what? He he has done well against Dallas in his career, so it's a very real possibility. Let me actually look up what his career stats are against the Cowboys. Because I know on the Thanksgiving game two years ago, it was two years ago, he had like three touchdowns. So hmm. um, let's see. Antonio Gibson versus the Cowboys. Uh, well, he started off well. Uh, in 2020, he had 128 yards and a touchdown, 115 yards and three touchdowns. But then last year, he had 36 yards, no touchdowns, 29 yards, no touchdowns. So one year great, one year bad. Let's see how he does in, in year three. And as, since this is a deep sleeper, but since this Titans always do well against the Lions, I'll take Will Disley. You know, it's funny. I was going to pick him, but since I went with Rashad Penny, I was like, no, I'm going to pick somebody from a different team. But yeah, I, I agree. Will Disley's a great, great tight end. Well, we're playing. So Tracy Walker is now on the IR. So we're trying. They've, they're they're holding a three-player tryout this week to be the starting free safety this week. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen in our secondary? Who knows? All right. Well, let's see if... Uh... If you can hit another one, or if I can, uh, if I can catch up and and have myself a good call, <laughs> sounds good to me. But that is that is it. We are. I mean, we're a little over two hours this week, but we we covered a lot between the Cardinals and Commanders and Lions and Tua's injury. Well, I just want to say this for everyone. We had a lot of viewers on Twitch tonight. A lot of new people coming out and hanging out. So I just want to say thank you. <laughs> To all of you that are here and i want to say that we also you can find us on twitter as well coffin corners you can find us on tiktok coffin corner podcast you can also catch the the recordings of this live recording of the podcast on our youtube if just look up coffin corner podcast you can also find it there and lastly if you don't catch the live stream which we would we're happy to chat with you guys as we record the live stream but if you can't do that 
every one of your podcast apps should have Coffin Corner Podcast on it. And uh, if you can listen to the audio-only version, happy to have that as well. So anyway, you guys can support us. It is appreciated. So thank you to everyone that showed up tonight and hung out with us. Uh, that was awesome to see you guys. And uh, hopefully we can see you next week. Yeah, and thank you. We had some new followers tonight too, so I want to give them a shout out. Uh, Dan Deemer, A Deemer Art, Brew Crew Bomber. Uh, I don't know if Zoed86 followed tonight, but they're on the list. And then Bob Ciara and Jetty Set Go. Yep, exactly. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We will be back next week to cover week four and preview week five. So until then, you have yourself a good week, and I hope your team wins. Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, let's go Cardinals and Commanders and Lions and uh, Bears. That's for my dad. <laughs> I think that's all of our teams. I can't root for the Packers. Sorry. I know we have Packers fans in the chat, but I can't say it. it won't come out of my mouth, but I, I hope for your <laughs> sake something good happens. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye, everyone.